Welcome to the Woot and Why NFL podcast, proudly brought to you by William Hill, where you'll find faster, easier betting on the NFL. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Woot and Why Show. I am Josh Y, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host Josh Woot. How you going, buddy? Not too bad. How uh, how's your week been? Uh, apologize to all the listeners, we didn't have a midweek episode, but uh, very very busy week for us and a lot going on. And we have lives, damn it. So you know, you know, it was a it was a much needed break, to be honest. Uh, been a very hectic season, very hectic podcast schedule, so we we're very busy, but uh, it was just too hard to cram it in. Mate, it's full on. Yeah. Full on life we live. So, because we didn't have a midweek podcast, we're going to talk football straight off the bat in the intro. Just some quick thoughts on week 10. Uh, my initial thoughts were it was probably the best week of football all season, so our timing couldn't have been worse, or our lives timing couldn't have been worse. The Atlanta-Philly game, New England-Seattle game, Dallas-Pittsburgh game, and Denver-New Orleans were all... Phenomenal, I think Dallas-Pittsburgh probably was the game of this season so far. Is it crazy to think that the Cowboys' O-line is the MVP? We made up an award in our mid-season show because we needed to give them some credit, but at this point, feels like they're making Dak and Zeke just so much more efficient. Like, they are great players, but I feel like they're so much better than they actually are because of that Dallas line. Yeah, they're great. Yep. They're, they're great, but I mean... I don't know. Turn to go to one guy, so I think Zeke's looking good. Yeah, he is. Uh, and that Patriots uh, secondary, it, uh, it's been a little bit of a concern all, all season, but they haven't really faced anyone that could sort of highlight that, and we saw that on uh, Sunday Night Football. That was uh, that was a very close game. I don't think it's so much the secondary as it is the pass rush. Mm. I think that if you give anyone that much time, let alone Russell Wilson, that much time to throw the ball, you're going to find holes in the secondary. Exactly. Secondary can't hold on with the wide receivers forever. Yeah, they're rushing two yeah. at some point because <laughs> yeah, just, that was they the needed people to ever. they needed to drop back in coverage because the, the when they're rushing four, it wasn't doing anything. If you can't get pressure on Russell Wilson with that offensive line, then yeah, you do definitely have issues. But something about the, those two teams having to come down to the last final seconds with a uh, with a, a yard to to win the game. It's uh, it's bound to happen again. Maybe we'll get a, a three-peat of that in the Super Bowl. Maybe, maybe. Uh, team of the podcast, likely out now, playoff contention, losing to Miami. It was sad. Probably Phil Rivers' worst game in a few years since he had that really bad season where he just sort of fell off the face of the earth. But it's uh, sad to see them lose, but Miami kind of sneaking under the radar at this point. They're a... Uh... They're a weird bunch, but then at the same time, I think they've gotten a little bit lucky. I don't think they've versed anybody that hard. I think they've gotten lucky in the teams they've versed at the times they've versed them. They've had one decent win, I guess, but even then, Pittsburgh, uh, Ben was hurt, and uh, it's just all a bit... They're flying under the radar, but maybe people, they're flying under the radar for the right reasons, I think. 
this is uh, probably a topic that we'll be able to talk about at the end of, of this week's game, so I'll just touch on it a little bit briefly here. Will anyone win the NFC North at this point? Uh, the Packers and Vikings are another mess, but we'll wait and see how they play this week against the, the Redskins and Arizona, respectively. The Lions had a bye and somehow ended up with a division lead. Yeah, and then they're going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are atrocious. So yes. hopefully if they, if they get the win, there'll be some parity between the Lions and the rest of them. Yeah, and the Lions are winning in, in weird ways, and we'll touch on that with our preview, but uh, we'll wait and see if anyone will emerge as a favourite for that division, which is crazy when you think about it. Let's get to some NFL news. So it was a, a crazy week 10, and then uh, this week we actually had a lot of news happen in the middle of the week, so our timing to take a small break couldn't have been any worse. But let's talk about Tony Romo. Obviously, he's been the biggest news story of the week. Uh, he had an emotional press conference on Tuesday. He basically said that Dak Prescott has earned the Cowboys' starting job. He said, as hard as that is for me to say, he's earned that right. He choked up a little bit in a pre-written statement. He said, Say the first half of the season has been an emotion has been emotional would be a huge understatement. Getting hurt when you feel like you have the best team you've ever had was a soul crushing moment for me. It's a dark place, probably the darkest it's ever been. So, very raw, very honest moment from Tony Romo. We're so used to quarterbacks just churning out cliche after cliche, but we actually saw Tony Romo sort of pour his heart out on the line uh, in a very a huge moment when the national spotlight's all on. All, it's normally always on Dallas, but at this point, this team is, is very hot at the moment, so it's even hotter. The magnifying glass is, is firmly over over Dallas. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's, I'm, I'm split on this. At the same time, I think, you know, it's terrific and that it's rare for people to come out and, you know, be like this yep. and be so... I'm trying to think of the word. Not humble. It's more. I don't know. He's being. He's being a team player. He's not so much a team. He's being like he's, a franchise. He's being selfless. Guy. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like even though, if, see, if I was a fan of the Cowboys, even though I admire what he is doing, and Dak is probably the guy. You can't take Dak out, even though Romo is the better quarterback. Yep. You like. I don't want him to roll over. I would have liked a statement. That saying, you know, this is crushing. It's Dak's job. He's earned it. Blah blah blah. And then, like a little caveat at the end, but don't think I won't be breathing down his neck to get my job back. Like something like mm. to fire it up. Like, don't you reckon that'll make Dak feel a bit uneasy? Like, I feel like he mentioned that he, he mentioned that he still has a hunger and a burning desire to play. So I still so he still mentioned that part. Yeah, I know, but you can't ruin your team like. Tony Romo loves the Cowboys. Like, he is the Cowboys. I actually think he's the best Cowboys quarterback of all time. And, for, yeah, I, I, I get what you mean, but I don't know. I thought it was I thought it was, I thought it was a good statement, and I'm interested to see what happens with that because all it took was one injury for Romo to be displaced. So all it takes is one hit on Dak Prescott, as rare as that is with that offensive line. But And then we could see Romo back in the game and... and you know, he could very easily be nine one. He mentioned that's the best roster they've ever ever had, and it's so true. He's carried some bad Cowboys teams for years, and now he's watching this team roll to, towards the playoffs without the quarterback having to do way too much. Do you reckon that was also a little like Dak's not that good? 
the team's the best he's ever had. Yeah, you that know was, what I mean? Yeah, that was a kind of a little shot. I liked, I yeah. liked that. You're saying, yes, it is a great team. Um, it's not just, it's not just he, um, Dak doing it all. Um, but you can't, yeah. can't really have a go at Dak for just doing what's the easiest, the easiest job. What are you going to do? If, you, if, if winning a game means handing it off to Ezekiel Elliott 25 times a game rather than throw it down the field and risk, getting interceptions and you'll you'll do that but where would you like to see Romo play next year if he's you know the the Cowboys will be respectful and hopefully give him a chance to find a job somewhere else if they do roll with Dak next year um the smartest move would be to cut ties with Osweiler and to go get Romo that'd be the smartest move in the NFL but the Texans are dumb and (laughs) Nah, you can go to Arizona. Arizona or the Texans. I reckon they're both good. When you look at the Texans roster, you think, what about Damn. What about Denver? Nah, you won't. Nah. I don't know. Nah. I, like, I like the landing spot for Denver. That would be pretty fun. I know they've got Simeon and, and Paxton Lynch, but if you can get one or two years out of Romo, why not? You could... Yeah, but they don't want to keep They don't want to keep going down that, yeah. that route and keep going down. Let's get an old yep. guy in. Let's get an old guy in. It's yep. going to... It, yeah, hinders your team. We'll wait and see. You see, like, the Bears and the Jets thrown up. I'm thinking there's no way he will go, you know, after carrying some bad Cowboys teams for years, there's no way he wants to go and do that somewhere else. He wants to go to a team that's complete and, and ready to roll, and I think he... I think the Texans are a legitimately good team, apart from Osweiler. Like, yeah. they have they have a good defense. And look at their defense now. Their defense now is playing well, and that's without what. Yeah, and they're... then you've got... Yeah, you've got Hopkins who's not even being used. Yeah, so exactly. it's amazing. It's, imagine Romo with Hopkins. It would just be yeah, so much more efficient. And yeah, Osweiler is probably the worst quarterback in the NFL right now. And I still we worry haven't about... seen Goff, mate. We haven't seen Goff. So <laughs> I just... still worry about Houston's run defense a little bit. But like, if you're thinking next year, you expect J.J. Watt to be back and another year of Clowney now actually getting some decent snaps in. So... Their, their, their roster is far more complete than it looks right now. Uh, moving on, the Seahawks waived running back Christian Kristen Michael this week, very surprisingly, but then he was claimed by the Green Bay Packers. So Michael's Seahawks career is, it was really come full circle. It was the start of the beginning of the season, then he fell out of favor, and then sort of came back. And it, it's just been a really weird season for Michael. He was dropped. He was cut for no reason they're saying that there was no reason other than football because Thomas Rawls is coming back and process showed anything. So it was proven that a lot of the teams believed that because the Green Bay Packers picked him up and also Minnesota put in a claim as well. So Green Bay is a nice landing spot for Michael because they've, you know, they've lost Eddie Lacey and they've got, they've just recently got James Starks back, but Starks is only averaging 2.4 yards per carry. So we'll wait and see what Michael does. What do you expect from him in Green Bay? Um, and what did you think? Of, what did you think of Seattle just dropping him? I, I thought they could have kept him as a backup to Rawls. Like Rawls isn't guaranteed to come back and just be healthy. Like he could easily get one injury straight away. Yeah, I know, but I mean, I think I think they're just done with Christian Michael. There has to be something else. They haven't. They've said there's nothing else. You know, there hasn't been any off-field issues to cause this. But there's also there must have been something in the back of their mind or an attitude problem or something like that. But to me, he's like he. He flashes things, but he's he doesn't look good. I mean, Niles Davis was the same. He he flashed things, but mm. at the end of the day, he got a full workload somewhere, and then people just went, "Nah, he's not he's not that great." Yeah, I I agree. But wait, I think he's not a bad. It's an instant upgrade over Don Jackson for for the Packers. But I think they can get some sort of a running game out of Starks and Michael. I think you'll see a lot of Starks this week. But we'll wait and see what Michael pans out. I would have preferred him in the Vikings because I think they desperately need a running back a lot more than more than the Packers. But uh, 
we'll wait and see how Michael pans out. But Procise looks good, and Alex Collins is still there if if Rawls does go down. But he's he's been a little bit of liability with his hands and fumbles. But we'll wait and see how we go. Thing with Michael as well is pass protection was always poor. Uh, the NFL suspended wide receiver Alshon Jeffrey for four games for violating the league's policy and performance enhancing drugs. Uh, it's just been a really bad year for Jeffrey, and he's on the franchise tag as well. So he's due to return in week 15, but he's had sort of minor injuries all year. So this will give him a chance a little, to get a little bit healthy, but he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year, and now he's got a drug suspension literally months before it happens. It's That's just cost him a lot of money. <clears throat> yeah, I really just don't think he cares. I think he wants... I don't think he's going to play in Chicago next season, and I think... Yep. Who wants to be on that team at the moment? Just, it'd be crap. It would be utterly horrible to be, you know, the star player on your team that just doesn't get the ball. Like, nah, 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 nah. Just I screams think, no, screams him not wanting to be there. I think he. I, th- I don't think he'll play for the Bears again. I know he's back in week 15, but I just, I, I just can't see him playing for them at all. And I think he's already looking towards next year. I think he'd rather, he doesn't care that he's going to cost a He's cost himself his money. I think he was always going to leave Chicago anyway. So um, he did admit that the it was a supplement thing. He he said he needed to take full responsibility for not looking carefully enough into taking uh, this supplement that had an ingredient that was on the ban list. So it wasn't just straight roids. He was taking some supplement and it had a banned substance in it. So no, that's... that doesn't mean anything to me, mate. Because uh, no. Lane Johnson did the same. Yeah. Oh no, I'm deal. just I'm just explaining what he had come out and said this week. So I oh, know, but no, then like, should... see, I I'm a big fan of Lane Johnson, but at the same time, I still think he's full of crap. Mm. So it's not. I'm not gonna. <laughs> no, exactly. If you, if you're a professional athlete, you read every label carefully, or you get someone to read the label carefully before you put anything in your body. Especially yeah, when you you're get, on that. You pretty much just get Goodell to read it, sign something, then give it to you. That's how. It's the only. It's the safest way. Yep, exactly. So we'll wait and see. We mentioned Jared Goff before, but ESPN's Chris Mortensen. Good to see him still breaking news and uh, being active. He reported Jared Goff will start for the. Rams against the Dolphins in Week 11. Finally, it's happening. The Rams managed to win a game. They've won two games this year. They're two and one without scoring a touchdown. It's unbelievable. Uh, so, but even it though, is bizarre. It's just it's a Jeff Fisher fever dream. He is rock hard at the thought of that. He loves it. That's just textbook Jeff Fisher games. But it was just a train wreck of an offense last week. They're the them and the Vikings are probably the worst offenses in the NFL. And, yeah, so now that was it. Despite the win, they're rolling out with Goff. So we'll wait and see how he goes. He was a little bit of a train wreck during the preseason, but you can't be much worse than what we've seen from Case Keenum. No, but also, right, I know he's been terrible, Keenum, but he's still got a kind of feel for the guy. (laughs) It's a weird situation. Like, you've kind of been given so much support from Jeff Fisher and then, like last year, the, I mean, last year, last week, the you know the debate was everywhere. Just like, just bring Goff in, bring Goff in, bring Goff in, and they play absolutely atrocious, but still win. And then Keenum loses his job, so it's like it, it must suck to lose your job on the back of a win. I know he played terribly, but it's just yeah. a weird, I don't, weird feel. I don't feel sorry for him at all. I have to sit there and watch him play, and it's just not fun. So you don't have to watch anyone. I mate. don't. I don't. But you know, for. We can't really talk about them unless we watch the games. So I feel like uh, anyone that's had to watch Case Keenan play 
won't be feeling sorry for him. So we'll wait and see. Move on. Thursday night football was on today. Carolina victorious, 23-20. I feel like both teams lost this game, even though Carolina won the game. Um, Carolina keep their small playoff window alive, but they have a tough schedule ahead, and they lose Ryan Khalil to a shoulder injury and Luke Keekley uh, to a concussion. Luke Keekley's injury was a, it was a really scary moment. He was distraught and was in tears immediately on the field. Um, struggling to catch his breath. It was a very poignant moment um, t- to watch. Uh, what was your thoughts watching that? Um, it, I mean, it's always bad when a player goes down like this and in regards to, you know, just you know that they know what they've done. Yep. Like, when you don't know what the hell's going on, and even, like, Keekley may have not known what's going on considering it was a concussion, but at yep. the same time, like, when a player reacts like they know something, that's the scariest thing. Yeah, even, like, when they just... When they hold their leg and they start crying, even if they might not yeah. be writhing in agony, they'll just be holding their leg and yep. they'll be crying or something. You just that's the worst thing yeah. ever. It reminded me of Keenan Allen week one. That was really tough to watch, and it was very similar watching Keekley. Keekley's had some. By the way, I would be winning our fantasy comp by a mile had Allen stayed healthy. I just just want to say that I was looking at my roster today and I was thinking I there's could, something I could be going all right with uh, if CJ Anderson and Denny Woodhead stayed healthy as well. By the way. And, sure because that would have that. that would limit David's uh, firepower with Melvin Gordon, so it would have been a <laughs> would have been a three way battle. But I'm struggling at running back. I'm, I'm rolling out Rob Kelly and and James Starks as my running backs, and I'm somehow seven and three. You're you're, you're so lucky. I don't know what is happening, <laughs> but anyway, with with Keekley, he's had a history of concussions. So let's just hope this isn't a really serious one because we've seen them in careers and. Uh, I think back to Tyler Varga, uh, the Colts running back that just could not get back from his concussion. Just every time he, he had a tackle, his head was ringing, and, and that's it. And Keekley's such a good... He was amazing in this game. Like, he was everywhere, all over the field. Uh, Emma's sister's boyfriend actually came over and watched the game with me. He's not a big NFL player, but he kept asking me questions about this. You know, who's that guy? Like, he's just been... He's everywhere. Uh, so even a first time watching the first time of watching you know the NFL noticed that that Keekley is one of the elite players in the NFL. So I hope it's nothing serious. Never mind coming back this season. Just in general, I hope it's not a career. I know it sounds dark, but I hope it's not a career ender for Ke- for Keekley. Oh, I don't think anyone does. Yeah, <laughs> I know, but you just don't know. I just as, as I said, Tyler Vargo, like it was just a routine concussion, and then he had to retire. So. We'll wait and see, but for for Carolina, obviously, yeah, they've, they've still got that playoff hopes alive, but we'll wait and see. In the Saints, they blew a huge opportunity to be, a, you know, major player in the wild card race now. Um, they've got a, a relatively easy schedule. They get to play, like, Tampa Bay twice and things like that. There's, there's still a chance, but they've blown now back-to-back games with a kick blocked and just returned, one for a touchdown, one, um, you know, in a 10-point swing, really, uh, just in in amazingly similar fashion, just down the sideline on on their sideline as well. Yeah, I, to be honest, I still like them for the division now. Really, I do. You blown off them. Atlanta? Something. Atlanta. I don't you know. Apologi- Atlanta. You've apologized three times for being wrong on Atlanta, and you want to go down again with? <laughs> don't care. Don't care. I mean, we were all aboard. We were all aboard. Uh, uh, yeah, Carolina last year, and they were doing similar things. I mean, yep. obviously their records nowhere near like this, yep. but the hype train was unbelievable. Yep. Wait and see. The, the three, off. the three Falcons fans that listening listening to this probably already don't like you anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, they can eat it. <laughs> Perfect. So it was a, it was an entertaining game to say the least. But uh, I think these two teams, or well, you seem to think, 
New Orleans may be prominent in the playoffs. I think both won't be there in the playoffs, given the strength of the NFC East. But uh, let's get to our Week 11 preview. This week's NFL lines are brought to you by William Hill. Faster, easier betting. Uh, for what it's worth, we're both on uh, New Orleans plus three and a half today, so we covered by uh, by a smidge there in that game. But the uh, first game off the rank is the Tennessee Titans at the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts are favorite, minus three at $2. Tennessee Titans plus three to $1.83, available at William Hill. Your initial thoughts on this game, Chuck Pagano said he, he thinks it's very much a playoff game. Yeah, I do. Um, I was extremely surprised the last time these two teams played and the outcome. I think yeah, I was just I was super surprised the fact that Tennessee blew it. I really was. And if I can't see them doing it again, Tennessee look really, really good. Yeah, they're, they're a really they're well-rounded strong. team, but it's such a bizarre team. <laughs> At the same time, no one wants to no one wants to barrack for them. It's just like. No, you, you're supposed to be bad and boring. That's just how everyone mm. views them. Uh, I'm, um, a, I'm a Colts fan, but I feel like Tennessee are funner to watch right now. No, that's not hard. No, but I feel like I had to say it. Like, the, the Colts are still fun to watch, but their defense is just so bad that, that that's frustrating. Whereas Tennessee does have a bad defense, but they at least have somewhat of a pass rush with you know Brian Arakpo and, and players like that. I don't think their defense is that bad. Oh, they still give up a lot of points. They've they've got to score points to 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 win these games. They can't be grinding out seventeen fourteen type wins. Yeah, true. But uh, yeah, I I think their team's pretty decently well rounded. They're not gonna not gonna make a playoff run or anything. But I can see them still winning the division. And at the same time, um, uh, but at the same time, yeah, I see them you know getting beaten pretty early if they do make the playoffs but I like them in this game this will be a revenge game even though they're away I still think they're going to come in and mm. possibly upset them the Colts are a bit of a bogey team for them the Colts have won 10 straight against the Titans and the average score is 29 to 20 in those games so the Colts are oh, a little bit of a that that you can't use historic stats in the AFC South <laughs> because the Colts have just owned the division yeah what's the point in that <laughs> And well, the same is the same as look at all the quarterback changes in the last couple right, of years. Well, it's just... let's just say this: the Colts have won three straight against Mariota. Then, how's that sound? Uh, oh, that's really that's good. fine. But to, you know, the the quarterback has posted at least one hundred and thirty two point six rating in three of the last five games. Uh, that's uh, Marcus Mariota, and the Colts' defense is ranks thirtieth in opponents' passer rating. So. I feel like 132 might be the floor for Mariota in this game, and the Colts haven't allowed fewer than 26 points in a game since Week 5. So there's going to be a lot of points. I can't believe you're getting points with Tennessee. I feel like this should be closer to a pick so I'm taking Tennessee as well, plus three. Even though the Colts are at home, and they're a little bit of a better team, but yeah, Tennessee plus three for me. Moving on to the next game, the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Detroit Lions. The tr- Detroit Lions are a 6.5 favorite, $1.95. Jacksonville plus six and a half at a dollar eighty-seven. The, the Detroit Lions, very fluky team. Uh, I feel like they could very easily be a last in the division, but they're somehow first in the division. Uh, they've they've won these games incredibly close. The game-winning score in each of their wins have come in, in with less than ninety seconds remaining in regulation. So I feel like this game could be very similar in in that it's close because. The Jaguars, you know, Blake Bortles' time last three or four minutes in the in the fourth quarter is when he seems to come alive. As crazy as it sounds, 
and it may seem early. Balls is gross. Like he's, he's just not a good quarterback at he's all. He's not. He's not good. No, and I mean, they they traded up to get this guy, didn't they? No, no, they were sitting there. They were sitting there. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Wait. Who who was the original? Who got drafted first that year? That was Bortles. Remember the, the the talk was you know Car Bortles and Manziel, and many wanted Manziel to go first. I feel like That's Manziel right. could have been a much worse pick. Like Bortles is st- still bad. But now you look at them all and you just think, wow, he's nearly turned out like he's. Yeah. I don't know. He's crippled a franchise. It's just, and I know they're like. He has been good for stretches and you know periods, but at the same time, even though the brand the brands have moved on from Manziel, they're still stuck with this guy. That is true. You could look at it that way. <laughs> yeah, saying saying all that, saying all that. Um, yeah, he's still going to keep him competitive, even if it is like a, a fourth quarter comeback. But yeah. I mean, if it was if it was one point, I don't know. If it was seven and a half, I might go Jacksonville. But Detroit is one touchdown. Nah. No, give me them. You're taking them. that, yeah. I feel like they could, the Jags could keep things interesting. Detroit's, you know, terrible on defense. They're the worst passing defense in the NFL um, by DVOA. And they they haven't got a single win by more than six points. So the six and a half line's right on that cusp. I think Vegas is knows that. So we'll wait and see. And Jackson's lost by five points or fewer in consecutive games against first place teams. So there's a few trends pointing that way, but I agree with you and, Funny, funnily enough, Jim Caldwell is is on his way to an Andy Reid like uh, career number after the bye. He's four and one in his career after a bye. The old, uh, the old Jim. This Caldwell. season, though, this season, though, aside from aside from Andy Reid doing his thing, yep. um, coming off the bye hasn't been the greatest thing. No, a lot of teams have been upset after the bye. Jimmy, so we'll Jimmy Caldwell hopefully can uh, keep the dream alive. So we'll see how that pans out. All right, moving on to the next game. We've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Kansas City Chiefs. The Bucks are plus seven and a half at a dollar eighty-seven. The Chiefs minus seven and a half at a dollar ninety-five. The Chiefs got home by the skin of their teeth last week, but that's kind of how the Chiefs roll. They're just a, a team that gets wins. It's not ugly. It's like kind of watching the Memphis Grizzlies play basketball. Am I right? If you want to go that, <laughs> sure. Yeah, fine. I I tweeted that on. I watched the play the Clippers, and I was like, God, I feel like I watch the Chiefs. So I feel like they're very similar teams. And, you know, they win, but they win ugly. We'll wait and see. But the Chiefs, they've won five straight. They're perfect four and zero at home. The Bucks have actually been better on the road. They're three and one. But uh, the Chiefs, they've just they've just gone on this roll. But if they weren't so boring, more people would be talking about them. They're they've gone seventeen and two in their last nineteen regular season games. And eleven in no eleven and no in their last eleven games against teams with a losing record. So, you know, you say good teams beat bad teams, and uh, Kansas City are a good team. Mate, you don't have to tell me yep. that Kansas City are a good team. They are just the weirdest, most under the radar. Just no no hype. Even if they were undefeated, still no hype. They wouldn't be getting anything. It's just a weird team. You think how much hype is there surrounding Oakland at the moment? And you'd think they'd be the team that would be, you know, nine and zero or whatever. And yep. Kansas City are winning the division based on record and stuff. It's just incredible. It's crazy. In saying that, it is taking the Chiefs, right? Oh, of course. <laughs> just it's far too good a team. Just all the trends point to Kansas City winning. Uh, I think Football Power Index ESPNs give them a seventy-four percent chance to win that game. So if you're, you're doing an eliminator, 
challenge. The Chiefs might be a, a worthwhile pick for you this week. Moving on, the Bears at the Giants. The Bears obviously losing Alshon Jeffrey, Cameron Meredith, their number one wide receiver right now. That is a real person. They're plus seven and a half at a dollar eighty-seven. The Giants minus seven and a half at a dollar ninety-five. I just mentioned there that that you know the Chiefs. They're a good team. Good teams beat bad teams, and if the Giants are a good team. They should beat the Bears here, but we're not sure whether they're a good team. I know they're they're six and three at the moment, but they've got their flaws. But uh, I feel like against the Bengals, they're able to run out the clock and get some semblance of a run game, and their defense played well. Landon Collins is is having a, a great season. He's he's fun to watch. He is, and they're so lucky they're coming um, against coming up against Chicago without Jeffrey. Because I, I to be honest, besides Collins. I mean, obviously, Jeffrey. I mean, not Jeffrey. Jenkins. Beckham. Beckham is oh, like they're sorry. they're playing terrifically, but I think they're they're very lucky. I think they're a really bad team. I, I don't I, think I, they're. I don't think they're that bad, but I feel like they're not as good as what their record indicates. It's insane. I just think I don't think they're good. I think I think Washington are better than them. I just. I don't know. They're lucky. They're very lucky at the moment. And I mean, if they weren't coming up against Chicago, who are in this situation at the moment, I would be picking Chicago. But mm. under these circumstances, you got to go with the Giants. Exactly. But you can still see it. You can still. I could. You wouldn't be surprised. No. Chicago coming in just fluking it. I, I wouldn't shock me at all. So let's say it wouldn't surprise me if Chicago come in and win this game. But it's just hard to to go past. The Giants, given given the state of the Bears and the way you know Cutler's coming off probably his worst game in the last two and a half seasons, he was he was terrible against the Bucks. So you, you, there is a bit of a concern of a bounce back factor. He can't play that bad again, but it's just hard to go past you know that OB OBJ kills it in the second half of the year and that route he ran where he just there's nothing Pac-Man Jones could do. I can't you can't name a Chicago defender that will be able to stop that. So I feel like you've no. got to take the Giants in this case. Yeah, I, I agree. They do. They they're a weird team. They generate pressure in weird ways. It's not like you expect them. Like they don't have the best pass rush. They don't have a really good defense in any key area. Yeah. But at the same time, yeah. they still find a way to you know make the most of what they have in each in each um, you know part of their defense. Like their secondary gives up huge plays, but at the same time, they they make plays. It's just a weird... The, yep. the, the Bears are the weirdest team. They really are. Yeah. They, they're... Uh, they're uh, mentioned football power index before. They, the Bears are ranked the second worst team in the NFL by them at the moment. So uh, it's not looking good for the Bears. And uh, John Fox, I feel like his job will be safe for another year, but if they're in this same state that they are next year, I think he could, he could be gone. But we'll wait and see in this game. Uh, we'll move on. The Arizona Cardinals at the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings, despite being on this insane losing streak after starting the season so well, are actually favourites. Minus two and a half at a dollar ninety-one. Cardinals plus two and a half at a dollar ninety-one. Both teams so much promise to start the year and and showed stuff in the playoffs last year, but both couldn't be more disappointing right now. The Cardinals barely got by the San Francisco 49ers. They were just shocking in the second Sorry, half. Sorry, what was that? You were right. You were right. By the way, our uh, records last week, you had a really strong week, Woot, 9-5 and five against the spread. I went 7-7, seven and seven, so we're now actually both tied at 71-67-9 against the spread. So Mate, that's, strong, that's, sorry, that's strong week from twice you. Twice this year, 
twice this year. The first one being I picked Miami. You did. To Beat that the Steelers. Ridiculous, what was it? Plus four. Oh, something. It was, something insane. It was, it was like plus ten and a half or something. Ten and like a half, that. yes. Yeah. And, mate. And you're they the, won uh, that game. You're the double digit. Uh, spread line whisperer at this point. Um, I don't know, go. That's a I've thing. I've got one of those coming up. That's anyway, oh dear, we'll wait and see. Uh, just one stat which I found incredible on this. Uh, I just got to find it. The Cardinals have not beaten the Vikings in Minnesota since 1977. That's crazy. Wow, that's a huge. Yeah. That's, that's a massive hoodoo for them to break. Yeah, that's crazy, and they're not going to break it. I'm going for the Vikings. Yeah. Yeah. Why you got you you're picking the cards? <sighs> yeah, I think so. I feel I don't like them. I yeah. don't like them. The, the Vikings are six and one against the spread in their last seven games at home, and they're five and zero straight up in their last five games when playing at home against Arizona. So all of the arrows are pointing to Minnesota for me. I'm trying to look at like where teams can win, and Arizona's offensive line is just you know Minnesota's offensive line is terrible. I feel like this this is this game's going to have a lot of sacks in it where Chandler Jones and and Marcus Golden and you know Anthony Barr and, and Linval Joseph and Everson Griffin are going to just be in the opposing quarterback's face a lot. I feel like it's going to be a low-scoring game, despite Arizona's hot. You know, but their offense isn't that good. Like I feel like, like Carson the, Palmer, yeah. isn't that good. Can we just we got to make sure everyone knows, Josh? Yep, Carson Palmer, he is done. He's taken he's he's taken a step back. That's for sure. And the the the, the 49ers made it a conscientious effort to stop David Johnson last week and said, all right, beat us with Carson Palmer. And that's why they struggled to win that game because he just couldn't connect on throws. JJ Nelson obviously didn't help, but I don't know. I just, this is a really, really weird game. I think they this, made Kaepernick look good. Is this a loser goes home or is Arizona already gone home? Um, it is it is tough. We we said Arizona were done really early, but I don't know. A lot of the, I think a lot of the teams we put forks in have already <laughs> have already started bouncing back. Yep. So, uh, yeah, possibly, mm. possibly. I think to be honest, if Detroit wins, I like I like Detroit just to go on okay. and win the division. So yeah. I, I think it's I feel like out of their like hands a, a bit. Even though Minnesota have been on this losing streak, like they were close to beating Washington. Like they had a chance, like Bradford took that sack and that was costly, but I feel like Bradford's been fine. I just feel like when he has time, he, he can hit digs and make throws to Rudolph and, and things like that. But without a running game and just, just a terrible offensive line, and they also lost Jake Long, so they've lost another offensive lineman. It's just really yeah. hard for Bradford to get settled and, and get into rhythm and momentum. Yep, and the word on the street is that Patrick Peterson is just going to, you know, ride digs mm. around the field. So he's just, it's uh, who else is available yeah. I, for Bradford to pass? I, I am picking for the sake of it, Minnesota, but I this is a, a game that I'm not touching at all, betting-wise, whatsoever. It's a clear avoid game. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't scream value anyway. No, nowhere at all. Maybe over on sacks is, is probably about it. Uh, Buffalo Bills at Cincinnati. I don't even know what the line is for sacks, but just take the over. Uh, Buffalo Bills at Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals are favorite at home, minus 2.5 at $1.83, plus 2.5 for the Bills at $2 here. Uh, Rex Ryan asked Marvin Lewis to rest A.J. Green this week, which I thought was quite funny. It's also because he's really scared of A.J. Green and very insecure, but teams are passing all over the Bills this year. The defense has given up a woeful 33.6 points per game. They also lead the league in uh, chunk yardage against them. That's uh, Stefan Gilmore 
and Ronald Darby. And who leads the league in 30-plus plays as a, for a wide receiver, Josh? I'm going to go with uh, Brandon LaFell. Is that, <laughs> is that it? It's AJ Green. Close. You know, the uh, number, Dan, the other yeah, one. Yeah, the, the other, other guy. The number yeah. two wide receiver yeah, on the, the team. Uh, yes, that's right. But AJ <laughs> Green leads the league in 30-plus plays from a wide receiver. So the matchup there, for me, just screams AJ Green to torch the Buffalo Bills. But uh, it's funny, didn't it? The Bills are on their first three-game losing streak since 2013. And Cincinnati's also staring at the very real prospect of missing the playoffs for the first time in six years. So this is a... A, you know, fork in the road, crossroads game for for either franchise this season. Yeah, and it's completely not Dalton's fault. It's just Dalton hasn't played spectacular, but he hasn't. Like he hasn't been that bad. No, he hasn't. Yeah. And I think I think the whole organization has to re, like look back at what they did and learn from their mistakes significantly because what they did in the off season, they just they thought what they had was significantly enough and what they let go like we, we've been chirping on it about it all season long but what they let go in their wide receivers their Hugh Jackson I mean uh, sorry um, what's his name Marvin Jones uh, Mohamed Sanu that's it yeah I'm just trying to think of their wide receivers names um, yeah the fact that <laughs> they like, lost a lot no, no name wide receivers really weren't no name wide receivers in the end, considering what they've done, where they've gone. I mean, Mohamed yep. Sanu hasn't done that much, but Marvin Jones has been killing it. So. Yeah, exactly. So they've lost a lot. I mean, I, I, do you? I don't know. Not so this is another game I won't be touching. It's, it feels like the same. It feels like it's just two different teams with the same scenario as Arizona and Minnesota. Yeah, I uh, I feel like the prop bet for, for this week is just taking AJ Green in over and yardages and, and things like that. I feel like that's the the avenue to go down uh, in that regard. It's it's a really weird game because both teams have been like surprisingly like I feel like Buffalo they're actually like ninth in points scored. Like they're actually the ninth best offense where you you really think of Rex Ryan as having this defensive team, but we just mentioned that they're you know averaging thirty three point. Uh, six yard like points against this season so it you it's a really how weird funny rex- was it that it was greg roman's fault <laughs> <laughs> that was one narrative i did not expect at all to start That's the season that it, greg, so greg uh, yeah <laughs> uh i was about to call oh, him well. greg norman then which is would have been even weirder but yeah it's a it's just a really weird game uh it's another one Similar to Arizona and Minnesota, I think the loser is completely out of any playoff race. But I feel like this this season, it's it's really weird. We're talking about teams out of the playoff race when it looks like both wild cards are gonna at this point are gonna come from from the same division in the AFC and the NFC. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go since you just at home. That, that's it. Yeah, I feel like I'm leaning that way as well. I do like uh, the over as well. Like, there's some some really good trends on the over. The total's gone over in five of Buffalo's last five games. Uh, the total's gone over in five of Buffalo's last five games in playing Cincinnati, and Cincinnati have gone over in their last five games. So it's uh, feels like very much a, a high scoring points, a lot of points. And we saw Cincinnati give up a lot of points. Their defense is nowhere near as stout. We we talked about Dalton and that offense not being as potent, but their defense has nowhere near been as good this year compared to last year. Yep. All right. agree. Moving on. Now, this game is definitely going to be fun. This is an interesting one. The Baltimore Ravens at Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys are minus 7 at home, $1.83. The Ravens are plus 7 
at two dollars. You have the number one rushing team in the NFL placing uh, facing the number one rush rushing defense in the NFL. This is the game that Baltimore have been waiting for. They don't care about flashy wins over any other team. They, you know, Flacco's been getting so much stick that he hasn't been playing well, and yet they're still being grinding out wins and things like that. And this is just the typical, you know, I'm Flacco, I don't care, no one likes me, I'm going to go beat Cowboys. That's just the feeling I have. I'm still tipping Dallas because Dallas are on a roll. But don't you just have that feeling that you just be like, (laughs) Flacco is going to be, everyone counts Flacco out and the the dull guy is just going to walk in and shut down the place or something. I just get this weird feeling I I got. I do love the narrative of like the most dull and boring man in the NFL coming in and just ruining this incredibly magical wave that Dallas is facing and all the, the fun and the the party that's going on in Dallas and it's just Joe Flacco walking in and just like you it's kind of like a you're having a house party and just he walks into the middle of the, the house and it just dulls the entire thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, exactly. I do love that. That that would be funny, but I can't see it happening. Uh Flacco's been awful this season. Really bad. He's been very, very bad, very, very average they're actually last in offense in DVOA. They're actually worse than the Texans right now. Uh, after their performance against the Browns, they moved to last uh, in Football Outsiders. So you're losing 7-3 at halftime to the Cleveland Browns. That's that's mm, not ideal. That's, that's <laughs> they, lost, they were losing to the Cowboys in the first half of their first game, and then the second game, the same thing. They were losing as well. That's just you mean, amazing. You mean, buf- you mean Buffalo? No, Buffalo. Well, you're talking about Baltimore, yes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They pl- they played Buffalo in week one. No, no, no. I'm saying Baltimore's played Cleveland twice, and they've been oh, losing sorry, yep. in the first... You mentioned, you mentioned lo- Dallas, that's all. No, oh, sorry about that. That's all right. <laughs> um, <laughs> now we're on the same page. Yeah, we are. Uh, yeah, like, obviously all the trends point to Dallas because they've just been on this incredible wave. So all the against-the-spread against the trends are just hugely in Dallas's favor. I just think back to the way that they won that game and Zeke just parting parting those blockers like there was no tomorrow in Pittsburgh. I find it's going to be hard against, a lot harder against Baltimore, but I feel like they can get it done. I feel like they might go against the grain and, and go with a different approach. I think this might be a game where we will see a bit more of Dak Prescott throwing the ball and, and carrying the team on his shoulders. Because if there's a way to beat this Baltimore defense, it is through big chunk yardage players and, and finding Des Bryant. So we'll wait and see. But this is a game that I'm, I'm excited to watch. Yeah, we're both going Dallas. Yeah, both taking Dallas. Moving on to the next game, and we have Jared Goff's debut. Sorry, no, I've gone ahead of myself. Pittsburgh Steelers at the Cleveland Browns. Sorry, it's very easy to move over the Browns, but the Steelers, minus 7.5 on the road, $1.91. Cleveland Browns, 7.5 at $1.91. Steelers getting more than a touchdown on the road normally rings a fade, normally brings up an alarm bell, but uh, I feel like... They're so desperate here for for a win. They've got to get back on track. And if Baltimore do lose, as expected, to Dallas, then there's a chance that the Steelers can then uh, take their chances here and and grab that division by the throat and go away with it because they were very, very good in defeat. And if it weren't for your boy, Sean Davis, having that face mark, they'd probably win that game. Yeah, I know. And it hurts. But I, I like Pittsburgh in this game a lot. I do. I think it's it's one of those games where they it it's it's a right the ship game, and I think I think you mentioned that they you know they put them in a good position for the division 
But at the same time, who, who do you who do you like for that division? Do you like the Steelers for the division? Yeah, I do. I I just can't trust. I, I don't think the Ravens are a good team. I feel I feel like they're a very bad team. I mean, they're winning the division after having their first win in over a month. That just is really crazy. It just yeah, is weird to me. See, See where I like them. I like Baltimore to win the division. It's a weird thing. Like, but I don't would, know what like, it is about them. Yeah, like it wouldn't surprise me if their offense does just turn it around and they start to finally click. Like their defense is great. I, I feel like their front seven is really stout and their their, their interior guys are just stellar and it's going to be fun to watch that against Dallas. I feel like, I feel like we're going back backwards here, but it wouldn't surprise me if they if their offense shows up because Joe Flacco has shown that he's a very fluky, streaky passer and if he starts to get a roll on then it then hit, they can go on with it. But I feel like Pittsburgh, we saw what the Bell and Brown and Ben can do together and Ladarius Green now back in the fold as well. He'll only get better as that chemistry connects with, with Big Ben and we saw him get a red zone target. So I feel like they're starting to get some pieces back uh, and now they have some other options outside of Antonio Brown in the passing game as well. Yep. Um, the Cleveland just aren't good either. Let's be no, honest. They're it's just, it's a huge disparity in terms of it's a sad team. The power rankings, uh, FPI, the, the power index gives the Steelers a seventy eight percent chance to win. Ben's nineteen and two all time against the Cleveland Browns. That's the single highest winning percentage by any quarterback with more than ten games versus an opponent opponent. So uh, he's sort of got their number at this point. Um, he was asked during the week about. Could he name all of Cleveland's quarterbacks that he's played against? And he just laughed it off like he said there's no way he could. <laughs> Poor guy. All right, moving on to Jared Goff's debut. He is at home in California against the Dolphins. The Dolphins are favorite, though, at uh, $1.91 for minus 1.5, and, and the Rams plus 1.5 at $1.91. So very close line. The Dolphins have stayed in California after uh, beating the Chargers last week, so ha- haven't had to travel back across the country. So Good tra- move. the travel's Good not move. yeah the travel's not too much of a factor for them. The Lions little small for me. I thought the Dolphins would be a much bigger favorite, but uh, obviously the quarterback change and and playing at home for the Rams and their and their front seven has been an issue. Uh, you know has. The Dolphins' front seven now has lost Pouncey, and up against that front seven of the Rams has been an issue. So obviously Vegas thinks that the Rams' defense can can keep things close. Yeah, and I think that there's a whole, you know, the question marks around how good is Goff going to be, and you know, are they are they actually ready to unleash this guy, or do they know that he's ready? Like it's just a whole. You can't be comfortable if you're a bookie to p- predict the line for this game in a Jeff Fisher team. For a Jeff Fisher team and with a new quarterback coming in, you just you have no idea. J- Jared Goff is going to be better than Case Keenan, oh, no but doubt. not immediately. I don't think. I just think he's he, he'll he'll flash things. He'll flash more of a downfield threat, but at the same time, man, there's got there'll be some picks. There'll be some you, there'll be some shakiness. Yeah, exactly. Do you think though that this whole narrative about Jared Goff not being ready is just Jeff Fisher trying to keep his job. I feel like he's playing chess with quarterbacks to keep oh, yeah. his job he's, because he's he's, he's, he's used, yeah he's used Goff to say all right well we didn't win with Keenum and that's why Goff wasn't ready and then when he's you know says it at the end of the year and Goff plays well it's obviously saying oh you know well you know we obviously didn't think he was ready and if we have Goff give me a season with Goff I feel like we can make the playoffs and they just give him another year I feel like he's played 
he's been so selfish with how he's used the quarterbacks, and it's just not fair uh, for Jared Goff. It's not fair for Case Keenum, and it's not fair for Rams fans. And it's just another reason to to dislike Jeff Fisher. But I'm taking the Dolphins. I feel like they're on a they're on a good run here. It's a dangerous trap game for them though, if they want to try and keep some sort of playoff chance alive. If anyone can, when you look at it, can uh, sneak into the playoffs other than a AFC West team, it's the Dolphins at this point. If they do, I think Adam Gase deserves a lot of credit because he's gotten some great work out of Alon- out of Alonzo and Maxwell and JHIE when a month ago all three of them were looked at as being problems. Yeah, he really fixed the team and he fixed the team through Ajayi. He he, you know, took the pressure now in the game hasn't been on Tannehill and it's worked a treat. Like Tannehill hasn't been playing terrifically. He hasn't been playing bad. He's just being quarterback that's, yep. you know, staying out of the headlines. And now there's, it's just more well rounded. When, when Adam Gase was using Forte, um, at the Bears, it was just, you know, that's when they were at their best, when they were giving, getting Forte the ball in space. And I mean, that's, he's always been good like that, but he's slowly starting to try to use Ajayi in the same way. And, yep. you know, it's working. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, no, Tannehill, when he gets time, he's been great. I feel like he's been he's been much, much better. I feel like he's much maligned as a quarterback, but I feel like he's never really had decent protect, protection. And I think now Gase, um, you know, another season, another offseason, I feel like we're starting to see what Miami can be. And they've always had a good, talented roster. It's finally good to see some, some uh, you know, consistency in them playing to what they can be. So... Uh, and, you know, the arrow is firmly pointing up for Miami. We haven't had that sort of good feel from them in a, in a long time because of all the different coaches and people that have gone through the building. Uh, the next game is the New England Patriots traveling to San Francisco. It's crazy that Brady has never played in San Fran in his career. Do you find that strange? That is incredible. Thank you for telling me that. Yeah, minus thirteen at a dollar ninety-five for the Pats. Plus thirteen. At that'll $1. mean a sellout, by the way. That'll just yeah. That'll well, it's mean his hometown, like San Mateo, California, Northern California, is is where Brady lives and 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 lived as a child. So it's a uh, it's that's a, the weirdest thing yeah, ever. It is weird, and he trying to wrap my head around this right now on the podcast. That is so bizarre. For a player to be playing that long and never to have played in his home city, wow! Yeah, it is, it's it is crazy, you know. Uh, but you know, Joe Flacco's never never played in Wyoming in the NFL. I think that's where he's from. I don't know. Uh, he play, he came from a small college. Uh, all right, the Patriots obviously firm favorites, and Brady was asked. He remembers said he remembered working out for the Forty ers coming out of the draft, and said this week that they obviously went in a different direction. But imagine. The careers and the the franchises. If if the Forty ers had Tom Brady and uh, the Patriots went another way, they would have kept Drew Bledsoe. It would have been a totally totally different scenario. It would have been, but you know, yep. that is history. He shouldn't he shouldn't be angry. Brady shouldn't be angry that the Forty ers went in a different direction. You ended up with Bill Belichick, so you stop. Don't have to be too mad. I don't think he was mad, but Twitter blew up about it that he was really angry and all this sort of stuff, which I found just stupid. They're like, oh, he's going to be so angry. It's going to be an angry Tom Brady game. And I'm like, how many levels of angry does this guy have? He's supposed to be angry all year. Wasn't angry last week. Uh, Anyway, uh, no Gronk. uh, Some sort of problem with his wiring or software system, so he's back in the lab getting repaired um, so he can just come out and... And kill it. Thank you. Thank you very much. But no, um, apparently he played with a 
some sort of it's a chest injury. They did say a punctured lung, but they've changed that now, and it's just a chest injury. So he won't be playing, but they've got two of them. Martellus Bennett will be fine. Uh, I, f- I found Kaepernick probably had his best game though last week. Yeah, I mean that's what happens when you go up a team with no nothing. <laughs> Arizona just showed nothing. Just, uh, Patrick Peterson's having a really good year, but outside of him, there's just there's just really nothing. Chandler Jones is playing fine, but I mean I don't know. They've got issues across in the secondary. Obviously, Tyro Matthews still. I feel like Matthew will bounce back in a big, big way next season, and then they've got issues across from Peterson at corner. For but Kaepernick sort of picked his pieces and and kept them in that game. But it's a totally different story against the Patriots, who should get up to an early lead, should march on. Blount will probably run out the clock for for most of the second half. I don't like picking the Pats with a huge line like that traveling across the country. Um, I feel like that's huge, but after a loss, it's a totally different story. I feel like. They're a much different team after a loss, so I, uh, I'll take them. They're four and one against the spread in the on the road in their last five games, so I'm going to take them. Yeah, no, me too. I, Sam Fran, it's it's a totally different thing. I mean, going up against Arizona, who who looked good early, but then you know they realised who they were. But then I, I think <laughs> I think New England needs this is when they need to sort themselves out. It's it's against the bad teams that you need to build confidence yeah, and like, try out things on defense. Yeah, their pass rush nearly, you know, needs to go hard at Kaepernick and things like that. Plus, it's it's good to like play against teams like San Francisco without Gronkowski to use your other weapons to see what you have elsewhere without having to rely on Gronkowski and things like that. It's yeah. all it's a beneficial time for them to play San Francisco. Yep. And, you know, um, under two touchdowns is good. Under two touchdowns. Yep, exactly. Uh, moving on, this game I think is one of the games of the week. Philadelphia Eagles at Seattle Seahawks. Minus six and a half for Seattle, $1.91. Plus six and a half at $1.91. Both teams coming off really strong win- wins against really good opponents. Uh, Seattle obviously had the short week and traveled across the country, now travel back across the country. For a home game, they're very, very strong at home. Philadelphia not too strong on the road this season. They've uh, they're one and four on the road this season. So the only win was against Chicago. So the the, the uh, Russell Wilson, the Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson is thirty one and five at home, and he's four and zero this season at home. So uh, it's a tale of two cities here, but. I feel like Philadelphia's front seven and and defense can really trouble Seattle. We talked about how Russell Wilson had a lot of time and was able to pick off that New England defense. I feel like it's going to be a different story against Jim Schwartz's front seven. Josh, I completely disagree in this game. Really? I think Seattle will win by double digits and they will win easily. Yeah, well, that's only the one side of the ball. I think Wentz may struggle (laughs) against this defense. Um, Cam Chancellor's back and they were... They were so much better on defense. You know, they made Brady look human for once this season. Yeah. Um, to be honest, I just, I don't know. I, I think the defense, like you said, they, they'll they'll give Russell far more problems than what uh, New England did. New England really has nothing on defense. But at the same time, there's just nothing on offense for Philly. I mean, there was, mm. I'm so, they were so lucky to scrape away against Atlanta. They they gave Atlanta a, every opportunity. It was a gritty to come win. Back. A couple of Julio yeah. drops really really let Matt Ryan down there. Yeah, but at the same time, 
there was there was a pass down the middle of the field to Jordan Matthews, and the guy has no hands. He's trying to catch with his elbows. A it's wide ridiculous. receiver with no hands. Far out. You, like, I know Brilliant. Indianapolis have problems with their offensive line, and that's frustrating as hell. Yeah. But when it... Uh, no, I get believe it. No, me, I get it. Believe I get it. me, it, it is so much more frustrating when it's a beautiful throw or it's a yeah. just a... A third down conversion of twenty yards, and then the wide receiver just yeah. goes, "Oh, that's right, you got to catch the ball." Damn, yeah, I thought you just, just got points it. for touching it. Far yeah. oh. <laughs> out, Jordan Matthews, Aguilar—they mm. all suck. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> but like, no, it's probably that is probably true. But I feel like this will be a test for Seattle's offensive line. Obviously, they were they were pretty good last week in the. Uh, obviously, New England's lack of pass rush, which we've mentioned a few times, in it. And actually, the the uh, New England offensive line versus uh, defensive line against Seattle's offensive line started a little bit of a Twitter war between Chris Collinsworth and Bill Simmons. Um, Josh, being a fan of both, where do you sit on the, this side of the divorce here? I know they eventually patched things up and had a podcast together this week, but just wanted to ask if you... Well, you, t- t- you tell me the debate because I wasn't okay. aware of this happening. Um, well, Bill Simmons tweeted during the broadcast, someone tell Chris Collinsworth that Seattle's offensive line isn't good. It's just that New England's defensive line is shocking. And then um, Chris Collinsworth tweeted and then he deleted it straight away and he says, um, oh, Bill said someone gently tell Chris that. And then um, Chris tweeted... Uh, I'll gently, you can gently talk about it on your hit TV show. And it was obviously after his show had been cancelled. Yeah, that was pretty, that was pretty delicate. Um, he deleted it straight away. Um, but it was a great tweet. It was a hell of a reply. Um, but then they, they had Chris a pod- is sassy. I think Chris is sassy when he wants to be. Man, he's great. Um, I've, I, I've, he's really grown on me this year, Chris Collinsworth. He is really... Oh, you come around, have you? Yeah, he's come around. The tweet to Bill Simmons was just... It's really pushed him up. Um, you know, he said, Thanks, Bill. We look for you t- for you gently breaking it down on that hit show of yours. Quote tweeted him as well. Just amazing. Nice. <laughs> Who's side, that, whose side would you be I on, though? St- I'd probably still side with Bill. Wow. I think that... I'm on Team uh, Chris well, now. It was, it was bad. Yeah. Like their, their pass rush sucked. They rushed two people. Uh, and uh, I uh, think yeah. Bill Belichick would admit that it was just... Not a good game plan. Shock and play call. Yeah, it was. Uh, but, yeah, this is a real test for Seattle's offensive line, obviously, against this Philly Philly uh, front seven because it, it's you, Seattle have been much better in the second half of the season. Historically, they always are. But this is a real test, and I feel like they can sneak out a win here and obviously they're going to travel Carson Wentz offensively, you know, Cam Chancellor and Earl Thomas and co., but uh, we'll wait and see how good this offensive line really is. It's a real test, but I feel like the matchup, you know, it should be an interesting game. I feel like uh, Philly will keep things close for a while, but I think ultimately Seattle are too classy to, to lose at home to to a rookie quarterback. Uh, moving on, the Packers at the Washington Redskins. This is a primetime game. Love it or hate it, you're stuck with it. Green Bay plus three at a dollar eighty-three. Washington minus three at two dollars. You said before that you think Washington are a much better team than the Giants. So obviously you think they're they're a playoff team at this point. Um, yeah, like see, but this is the thing with with the NFC East. You just never know what a team is. They're all yeah. they're all we're all fakes. We are you, like except for you Dallas can, at the moment. I, I know, but like even even though it'd be surprising to see Dallas crumble. And you know, I'm I'm counting. <laughs> I'm hoping I'm hoping it happens. No, um, fingers crossed right sh- now. Shout, shout out to the Cowboys fans. 
Um, no, but seriously, like even though that would be shocking, you could still see like the rookies just a couple of games not gelling and then yep. things starting to not crumble, but you know. A lot of things are going so, to go your way to just win a football game, let alone eight, be eight and one. Exactly. And, but I mean, yeah, the Giants aren't good and Washington, I feel kind of are, which is so weird. I feel like they're a decent team and I feel they're better without Deshaun Jackson. I feel they're better without Jamison Crowder. I know you've got a big man crush on that guy. He's a he's a he's, he's an interesting he's an interesting guy that yeah he's a, in a he's team, a reception machine in a team with like Jordan Reed, uh, Pierre Garcon, and Deshaun Jackson. Jamison Crowder leads the team in uh, fantasy points. It's uh, yeah he's good, but Green Bay zero three on the road against teams five hundred or better. You know they lost to the Vikings, Falcons, and Titans. And the Redskins have just one loss in their last seven games, and Kirk Cousins thrown thirteen touchdown passes and and three picks in that in that time. So. You like that? Um, he's, been, he's been pretty good. What what saying do you like better? The you like that or ooh-wee? What was that? Ooh-wee? Did you hear that? Did you see that? I last did week? hear that. What, um, what saying do you like better? I feel like I've nailed that. I, by the way. By the way, it, it sounded like a drop. It sounded oh, like wow. a complete replicated that's just, drop. That's, that's just me. <laughs> congratulations. Thank um, you. Do you like that one? It's still, I mean, it's the original, it's the yeah. classic, so it's 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 the, staying around. Yeah, the ooey one isn't actually his saying. Apparently, it was a teammate, and he just started screaming it randomly. So, wait, see, but the, the Green Bay's defense is Dom Capers. Got to be his butt. It's got to be on fire. He's, he's one of him or McCarthy. If they lose this game, someone's got to go here. They've allowed oh, no. they've allowed thirty one points in three straight games. At least thirty one points. Clay Matthews possibly playing, so we'll see if that he does can't make anything. That big of a difference, surely. Like, oh, look, I love Clay Matthews, but please, who knows? Um, it's screaming that this is a game where Aaron Rodgers is going to bounce back. Yeah, I just it is, but at the same time, I don't know. I like Washington. I don't no, know. I'm, I don't know. I'm taking Green Bay. I feel like they'll bounce back. Fine. I just, I, I can't. Come on, I can't believe I'm going for Cousins. Go Cousins. What's the line? Three minus three to Washington. Yep. They're at home. Pride no, give me. Uh, You've already locked in. Relying on relying on Rob Kelly. Yeah, sure, let's yep. go for it. What what nickname do you like better for him? R. Kelly or Fat Rob? Fat Rob. Yeah, he's embraced. It's always it. fat person is just he's, way better. Uh, Green Bay seven one and one against the spread against Washington in the last nine games. Just saying. Uh, all right, moving on to Mexico. You and your history stats are just I love it. Mexico, mate. Betting trends are important. Uh, Mexico. Houston Texans, Oakland Raiders in Mexico City, loving it. Murray to you know Latavius Murray in Mexico, uh, you know bit of Derek Carr action in in Mexico. This is the first annual. Uh, where is it? Uh, I've just lost my notes here. Right down the bottom. It's the first ever Derek Carr versus Xavier Sewer Philo game, which is uh, the draft pick that the. The uh, Houston Texans took instead of Derek Carr at the top of the second round. Uh, Bill O'Brien was asked this week whether he was about that choice, and he said he was happy with their choice. I wish he was, like, straight out lying. Like, as, <laughs> if, as if he wouldn't want Derek Carr right now, the way Brock Osweiler's playing, but I feel like he can't just throw... Yeah, are you going to come out, though, and go, yeah, oh, yeah, throw no, your Philo, scrap. Yeah, throw your starting guard under the bus, but, yeah, flat out lying through his teeth. Whoever The journalist that asked him that, great question, but, uh, you know, imagine how different this franchise would be if they actually took Derek Carr. Like, they passed on him because his brother sucked. 
Oh, his brother played behind a, the t- worst offensive line, one of the worst offensive lines in NFL history. So they're like, no, we can't go down that path again. Just because his surname was Carr. If they, if his surname wasn't Carr or he wasn't a Carr, like he would probably be in the Texas franchise right now, and they'd probably be winning this division in the AFC at this point. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. But the bold line, move, the, move, Texas. the line is six. Oakland minus six, dollar ninety-one. Houston plus six, at dollar ninety-one. On William Hill, I am taking the team that has the better quarterback, and that is, no, that is Derek Carr. I just the Oakland Raiders are at the Oakland, are one of the you know the one of the best teams in the NFC, and the Houston Texans are one of the most overachieving teams. They're one of the worst teams in the NFL, despite the record. Um, the DVOA uh, football outsiders say they're the worst team to lead the division at this point in a season ever, and I'm taking the Oakland Raiders. Uh, yeah, you won't be surprised to find me doing exactly the same pick. Oakland just Oakland are the better team. Houston suck. Yep. <laughs> Saying that, I didn't expect them to beat Jacksonville the way they did last week. Yep. But saying that, then I think we've been way too high on Jacksonville for yeah. too long. Well, and, and plus Blake Bortles threw an interception, throwing the ball at his receiver's feet. So, like, Which was great. It's the most Blake Bortles thing ever. How do you try to throw the ball away and throw a pick? It's, yeah. uh... <laughs> it's amazing. Anyway. It's amazing. So we're taking Oklahoma to six. Uh, that's that's a pretty easy How game. How many do we have be... different? I'm not sure if I like this. Uh, well, yeah, but we're on the exact same record, so we've got one Whoa! different. Whoa! We only have one different. We have one different at this point. So. I'm going for Fat Rob. Yeah, Fat Rob v. Go. James Starks. Both of my fantasy teams, so we'll wait and see. All right, it's time for our it's time for our lock of the week. The Wooten Y Lock of the Week. Proudly brought to you by William Hill. Faster, easier betting. All right, uh, what is your lock of the week, Woot? My lock of the week was somewhere, and I have lost it. So you're what? No. As much as this hurts me, as much as this pains me, take it Seattle. Seattle minus six the and a half old, against Philadelphia. The old, uh, the old approach I took a couple of weeks ago, tape, taking the opposition to your team. It's a win-win situation for you. Woot. I like it. Kind of. I like it a lot. Uh, my lock a lot. <laughs> my lock of the week. I'm looking through here. I am taking the Chiefs minus seven and a half. I think uh, they should easily take out uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who. Are not a good football team right now. Uh, you know they've been they've been in games a little bit with Winston and Evans, and we saw by the way Winston's play where he just apparently ran like forty eight meters evading pass rushes and whatnot. You're not going to do that against Kansas City. Uh, totally different team against the Bears on the road, Arrowhead Stadium. The Chiefs, my lock of the week, minus seven and a half. They'll keep things rolling. That's the show. All right, that's the I'm show. Sorry for missing the midweek one. That's okay. We're busy people. We'll be back next week to recap week 11 and preview three games because it's Thanksgiving next week. So uh, there's going to be three three games on the Friday, which will make things very, very fun. It's a full day of football. Try and get work off, man, and we'll just chill out. Yeah, why not? Just, just take it. I probably could. What day is this? Friday. Yeah, I reckon I can do that. Yep. All right, let's do that. And then we can, <laughs> we can pod. Pod straight after sure. in between each games. No, not, we're not doing that. Uh, all right, that's the show. You can follow me on Twitter at JYNFL. You can follow Josh at Woot, etc. Follow the show at Woot and Why. You can like us on Facebook, The Woot and Why Show. Please buy Lunar Bowl tickets and listen on Stitcher, iTunes, Wooshka, and Radio Hub. Thanks, guys.